Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. All right, Jay, we're talking chapter 11, what we choose to focus on, we become. And it's in this chapter, I'm sure many people have been waiting, that we discuss the infamous strongman continental clean YouTube video debacle. But I want to <laughs> go back. Before we talk about that, this particular YouTube video that featured the continental clean, and we'll talk about what that is as well was part of a weekend revival. So I want you to explain what the weekend revival was, why we were doing it at Albany CrossFit at the time, and then we can go into this video. So 
you know, we, we talk about it in the book that at some point in time, more was better. Like, hey, let's do parties every weekend and let's do community events every weekend. And it got a little overbearing. It got to be a little too much, even for the members. And what we decided was, hey, rather than doing all of these little things all the time, let's do one really big adventure, if you will. And the, the video that we're going to discuss was actually at the second weekend revival. So I don't know if you remember the first one, James, was at Albany CrossFit. It coincided with Halloween. There's some great videos from that party out there. Do you remember we did the cinnamon challenge? Yep, the cinnamon challenge. There was the cocoa bar, 100% cocoa bar challenge, I think. I think Murph was able to do that. There's some great videos from there. Um, one of the most viewed videos ever on Albany CrossFit's YouTube I think to this day is Camille's friend. And that Probably, was from yeah. that week. That was from that weekend. So the weekend revival was meant to be almost like similar to a level one CrossFit seminar where we weren't necessarily only working on CrossFit and the methodology, but we would incorporate different things. So for example, on that first one, Camille came and she led a full gymnastics course. Um, we, Kevin, one of our coaches did a full rowing course so it was you know two days of of workouts and technique drills it was it was really one of the coolest things we put together and then a year later we did it again at our second location in clifton park well now let, let's um let's pause for a second on the revival just for people who aren't aware and maybe if they want to try it at home this uh explain the cinnamon challenge and the 100 <laughs> percent uh chocolate bar challenge I'll, I'll post I'll post the videos because so we had a member by the way Teef remember Teef oh yeah so he, he got the nickname Teef because he was a dentist and he was just the funniest guy like if you would have been told he was a dentist let me ask you James what would you react would you have gone to him no no I wouldn't have gone to him. <laughs> he's a really nice guy but I don't I don't think I would have gone to him really nice guy but you were like, are you sure? Like, there was definitely, I think all of us were like, is he really a dentist? Like, there was definitely that, like, I don't know that he's got his act together well enough to have gone through dental school. But anyway, so the cinnamon challenge is you basically put a spoonful of cinnamon and you have to put it in your mouth and, and take it down. Like, you have to be able to eat it. And in the video, you'll see, and I did some remix versions of it because it was so funny where, you know, he basically puts it in, spits it out. We had a guy visiting, his name was John, and I believe he was able to do it. I think he did it. And then, then the 100% cocoa challenge, I don't remember what that was. was just, you had to eat a full bar of cocoa? Yeah, I think you just had to eat the bar. I can't remember if it was for time or just eat it, you know, straight up. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was a Halloween party. Everybody's dressed up. People, <laughs> I remember in the video, T throws up the cinnamon and then shies on the floor cleaning it. Like, it was just... <laughs> It was like a fraternity party, but it was a blast. So, and then another story from that weekend is Kevin Houston, you know, our friend, one of our coaches, really was the the mastermind behind most of it, and like kind of took the lead. And then the he, we go to this party at the gym Saturday night, and he got so wasted that he couldn't do anything the next day. So <laughs> this whole weekend that he put together, he basically couldn't run, and we had to take over for him. We were so mad at him. But That's you know, funny. sometimes the he's he feels a lot worse than we do. So that was the 
first revival. Uh, flash forward, second revival. It's at Clifton Park. Uh, newly minted Cri Clifton Park, right? Like the, the grand opening just happened. Yeah, I think that was kind of part of it. We went to the time and right around the grand opening, we had all this new space, brand new equipment. You know, it was also when you have two boxes, we wanted to give our Albany members a reason to come up and visit, you know, just to see the new space, uh, potentially train there a little more often. So yeah, we, we did it in um, at Clifton Park and it took a whole uh, life of its own. And it's a, you called it, we call it a revival. Any, any reason for that word? Like, is it just to get people excited about CrossFit again? Yeah, I think that was really one of the main reasons we wanted to do it. You know, I'm not exactly sure. I think this was like 2011, 2012-ish for both of those. And it was like that period of time where people had been doing CrossFit a long time, maybe getting a little tired, a little burned out, or, you know, you have those people that move on to your level one and become coaches, but then the rest of the people kind of just, all right, now what? It's kind of like that mentality. And we're like, well, let's teach you more. Let's get you excited to do CrossFit again. And that's what it was all about. Yeah. And that's, that's probably something that, you know, I, I know I don't see it other places doing a whole lot of that. I feel like the thing to do now is to like start a class, you know, like you might start a strongman class or gymnastics class, as opposed to just having a big weekend celebration of all things CrossFit. Yeah. And we talk about that later in the book as well, but you, you throw these specialty courses on and they're really packed for one or maybe two weeks and then they die off. But with this, it was just excitement you know, be it the gymnastics portion, rowing portion. I know we did a running portion. We did a nutrition course, lots of workouts throughout there, mobility. So it was really just, you know, we took a little piece of every specialty seminar that I had been to that all of you guys had been to and, and you know, put it together. And it was, it was a jam-packed two days. And that's, that's probably somewhere where you can get, as a coach or an affiliate owner, more value out of going to those specialty seminars. So, you know, I know I've gone to many specialty seminars and then you come back and maybe you have a little coaches meeting, you teach what you learned, and then you implement those skills and those drills when the movements come up in the programming. But it might be better to do it this way. You go to the new gymnastics seminar and a couple weekends later, you're hosting a little event at your gym for your members. Say, hey, Coach Jay went out and did this and here's some of this cool stuff he learned. Yeah, I think if you're going to these specialty seminars, you should be bringing back some of these tools. Obviously, you know, it's good to implement them in, in your own training and, and focus on the technique you may have learned on the snatch or the clean and jerk, but what are you doing to bring that back to your members? And whether it's a specialty course or, or even just a, a seminar that you decide, hey guys, we're going to do a whole two hour seminar on the snatch. I see a lot of boxes implement things like that. But yeah, the, the whole purpose of those is, hey, we're bringing it back. We're making you guys better. Yeah. And now to, to set the stage for what we're going to talk about here, which pretty much consumes the rest of the chapter, at the time, Albany CrossFit had a pretty big strongman following. You know, there was Coach Kat, you know, she's a nationally ranked strong woman competitor. She still is one of the strongest ladies to ever be at our gym. And she was big into the sport and she was teaching to a lot of people doing little, you know, training cycles and classes here and there. And she taught the Continental Clean that weekend. Can you talk about Strongman at Albany CrossFit pre-YouTube? Uh, pre so in is probably 2008 or nine. Rob Orlando created, 
a specialty course, a strongman specialty course. And before it was approved by CrossFit, he, he had to do some test runs of it. And he invited me out there uh, to Connecticut Hybrid Athletics. And I took the course. It was really great. And immediately I was intrigued. I think at that time, maybe one or two other coaches came with me and we were like, all right, we got to bring this stuff back. This is cool. Things like the stones, the yokes, um, farmer's handles, you know, uh, rope pulls, all of those things. And we're like, we can bring this back. And Rob sold some molds to make the cement stones. So we, we started making those and we started buying more and just kind of collecting the equipment. And it would be something that we would do on the side or, you know, throw into even a workout. We did workouts with stones, you know, in CrossFit class. And then as it picked up, we got people like you mentioned, Kat, and then Scene, of course, was one of the other strongman coaches to come in and start coaching it because they really loved it and became, you know, basically strongman enthusiasts. That's all they started to do. And our, our strongman program, yeah, was, it was one of the biggest in the area. Even, even places that were created for strongman, we were just as, as good as because CrossFitters are so fit to begin with. And we were just collecting equipment. I mean, we had so much, I mean, it took up a portion of the gym because we had so much equipment and strongman equipment is not very easy to uh, put away. Yeah, this is when we had two rooms uh, and then a big double for the main wad space. And that second, that or that first original room, that pretty much became like the strength and strongman room. Like it was filled with all the sandbags and the stones and chains and the yokes were in there. It was just a sight to see. To, to the point that we eventually had to buy a shed. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. To, to put it all, you know, we had prowlers, like you said, and we were destroying the floors because people yep. were dropping the stones. But, but it was just, a, people really enjoyed it at that time. I think, I think for a lot of CrossFitters, you see like, hey, it gets to the point where like, now what? And, and then, you know, I, I've seen this a few times. Like people that are struggling to lose weight, even if they're trying really hard, really take to strongman because they can really showcase what they're good at you know they're strong they can move more load and i think for that reason it really just took off yeah people people will definitely gravitate towards what they're good at and what makes them feel good too you yeah. know if you've been doing crossfit for like four or five years and you still don't have a pull-up and you're still just doing ring rows and stuff like that it definitely gets old after a while you need a little change yeah so so those people we, we gave them an outlet now speaking of that outlet it was on full showcase at the revival and th this is this is definitely 2011 so i remember i did my internship summer 2011 then i went back home to the binghamton area and during that time is when you guys had the revival because i wasn't at the revival in 2012 i don't think we had one i think this event kind of ended the revival maybe so this second one was 2011 so the first one was 2010 Yep, I think that's okay. the, the timeline we're working right. with here. So this was the second and last. Second and last. And and well, I don't may, want to... maybe we'll bring it back. Maybe we'll maybe and we'll make the the continental queen the centerpiece of it. Well, well it. let me let me say two things, and they're kind of uh, spoilers. But one, I don't know that we didn't do the revival because of this video in the future. But I think, like we said, it was just very time consuming. That was around the time some of the coaches would leave and open their own box. So we kind of lost some manpower. But one thing I do remember doing is that fall face-off that year, we put the Continental Clean into the workout. Yeah, and again, and again at the uh, Tri-State Throwdown. So 
we we doubled down on it. We we did two back to back competitions had continental queens in it with the, and uh, for the tri state throwdown more axles were bought as well. Oh yeah, we were like all in on that. I remember I remember Dan Taminski, former games athlete, uh, you know local competitor. He owns a CrossFit Lindy on Long Island. He clean and jerked two seventy five on the axle. And what you have to remember, and I'm sure we'll talk about it now, is the axle does the axle doesn't spin. And he did a double overhand grip. So he yeah. basically just did a clean and jerk. He didn't do the continental clean, but that's how strong that dude was. Oh, I know. And I know another strong dude at that event, um, James McDermott, continental cleaned 135 for the that's, first time ever, which that was a, that was a body weight lift. The crowd oh. went nuts when it happened. That was amazing. You were never 135 pounds. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely 100% was. <laughs> That's a world record for a very short period of time. <laughs> it was, it was. So, all right, let's talk about it. The, the, tell me about the lead up. All tell right. me about the good intentions and then tell me about where it went from there. So let me, let me dive into it. We, you know, we're doing the weekend revival. It's in Clifton Park. Everything's going great. And at that time, I was just videoing everything. You know, I was really doing my best to mimic what CrossFit was putting out there. You know, lots of content every day. We've talked about that. And at the time, I would run around with, like, my point-and-shoot camera. You know, it was before iPhones had good cameras and all this memory. So, I'm like, you know, you remember those, like, little Sony's point-and-shoots that you could just snap some pictures of. And I was recording lots of video, thinking nothing of it. Literally, just like, hey, this is great. Cat's teaching the Continental Clean. Everyone's having a good time. And I had so much content from it. So I go home probably that night and I start making videos of it. And, and one of the videos I made was purposely, this was on purpose, done on purpose, primarily mislifts. And it was primarily mislifts to showcase when they were successful, how hard they worked to get there, that this was like an achievement. And, and some of the lifts were ugly. Don't get me wrong. I saw, I remember like, I think it was like Jenny Fouché dropped one on her head. You know, not bad. Like she didn't hurt herself. It was, um, it was a Jen- little tap, a little love tap. Yeah, you know, but it was like, but it was fun. It was all in good fun. And that's and not every- something that, that these days, like it's totally different today. You only see good lifts today. No, no one, one posts this lifts. Yeah, that's the whole you know, problem with social media. Everybody's only posting the good stuff in their life. So we, you know, we post that. And, and again, go watch the video. We'll link it. And there's some successful lifts in there, but you can just tell like people were having a good time. It was fun. So make the video. I don't remember the exact days and dates, but I know at least a few days had passed. Like it was out of my radar. Like the weekend revival was over. And I want to say it's been at least two weeks now. So two weeks go by. I wake up and I remember I wake up and as it was back in the day, I would just pick up my phone right away. I would think it was, you know, I think at the time I was single because I don't remember anybody being there. So I pick up my phone, go to the bathroom to, you know, poop in the morning. And I'm like, I see no joke, like 20 YouTube notifications in my, you know, you get in somebody comments on something, you get an inbox notification. I'm like, what is this? And it was like, even then, I didn't think anything of it. Even then, I was like, uh, people are commenting. And then by the time I got to the gym that day, it had just 
spiraled out of control to the point that I hear from Dave Castro from CrossFit. I hear from Rob Orlando from CrossFit. I hear from so many different people like, what the hell is going on? It went viral. It went viral. And that's, you know, that's the whole point of a viral video. You cannot plan it. Yeah, it just, it just happens naturally. So, so you, you, you see that the shit is hitting the fan with this video. Uh, what were some of those initial comments? I, I remember we used to get a lot of emails from, we used to get emails and we still do. We still do. I'll get an email from strength coaches in Australia who have finally just saw the video now many years later. And they want to tell us how bad we are and et cetera. Somehow I'll still get notifications. They'll still find me. Like, even though I no longer own, you know, the Albany CrossFit YouTube channel, I'll still hear about it. And and for years we were still getting bombarded, but you know, it, it wasn't a big deal at first. And then, like I said, it spiraled. And I remember just meeting with the coaches and, and like, what are we going to do about this? And this was one of those situations that we handled, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, a little bit different from Yelp because it was like, there's nothing you can really do about it. I yeah. think we, you know, we're just like the people that know knew, and that's kind of where the title came from, what you choose to focus on. If you're choosing to focus on, you know, the, the, the problem was most people literally thought we were doing a clean and jerk. Yeah, they had no idea that there was, and they didn't bother to notice too, that there was a completely different type of barbell being used. And I know Kevin made a, a video, the follow-up on barbell clean and jerk versus continental clean and jerk, where he maxed out both of them with pretty good technique. And in the video, he discusses the difference. And so it's just a, one of those situations where people were definitely not educated because if CrossFit was niche and small community, Strongman was possibly even smaller. I mean, their biggest event of, of the year, the World's Strongest Man, is filmed in private and not put out until on ESPN three, you know, months later after the event and they're not allowed to share anything. So it's a very, very small sport that people don't know exists. Right. I mean, CrossFit's already a bigger sport. It's live. It's on bigger channels. It's, you know, it's, it's all over the, the internet. The prize money is bigger than strongman. So, you know, but, but it was great because people like Dave Castro, Rob Orlando, um, a handful of other people came to our defense and started yeah. commenting on the YouTube channel, started commenting on the videos, started putting videos out themselves. I remember one of the girls, Jess, who was like the one of the biggest culprits as far as getting hated on in the video. We shot like a Tosh.0, you know how they do like a web redemption video? Yeah. Like we did a video of her doing clean and jerk and, and doing, you know, sitting down talking about it. Cause you know, that was another aspect of it. People are hating on me, which I don't care but they're also hating on all these women because it was primarily women. I remember Jeff was in there um, and a handful of other guys, Scott, I believe, but it was mostly women doing these lifts. And, and one thing we should note also is an axle weighs less than a barbell. And to show how ignorant these people were, they weren't even realizing that a lot of those plates, you know, to the, to somebody that doesn't know any better, they look like 45s. Yeah. And they're 10. But they're tens, right? So some of these missed lifts were literally like forty-five pounds. They're not like one thirty-five, like some people thought they were. That these girls are dropping on their head. They're, they're. It was very lightweight. It was very form-focused. Cat, like you mentioned, Cat Toniotti. You can look her up. She's way stronger than me, you know. And and it's awesome to see 
her transformation over the years, how she, you know, lost weight. And like you said, has become incredibly strong, but she, she's also a great coach and she was coaching these women. Yeah. And it's a, so it's one of those situations where it looks way worse than it actually is. And people are jumping to conclusions and not seeing the positive about it as well, because, you know, even if the form's a little off and, and they're, they're struggling to get the technique, because it is a very technical lift, they could very easily be at home on the couch eating chips, you know, doing, doing nothing to better themselves. Well, and, and, you know, the thing about the continental clean is it's more real world applicable than a clean and jerk. Yeah. Just like a stone. Yeah. I mean, and that's the beauty of all the strongman stuff. I, I would imagine back in the day, it came from like, Hey, we lift these things because we had to build a house. If we lift heavier ones, we'll get stronger. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, and- it's, it's like, we got to build the house. And then it's like, well, you know, get a bunch of guys together. It's like, well, I, I bet I could pick up that yeah. big one and you can't, <laughs> you know, and thus strong man and weightlifting were born. You know, and, and the continental clean, you, you know, you guys can watch the video, but you know, the barbell basically rests on your stomach and there are so many times in real world in your daily life where you probably do that. Like you got to pick a box up and you find a place to put it on your knees or your stomach, your, your chest, and then you get under it versus, you know, an eight foot symmetrical barbell that spins with knurling and all that stuff. Like, Hey, do that stuff, clean and jerk. But let's not forget, like this is real world application. Yeah. I, I did it just yesterday. We bought a bunch of five gallon water bottles for our, our, our water cooler. And, uh, and uh, you know, there's, there's no way you're going to like make hip contact and cleanly get the elbows underneath that thing. You just got to yeah, hoist, hoist it up. That That's probably the best example of when you're doing a continental clean every day, you know, or often at the office is, is getting those water. I mean, most people, if not your stomach, you get it to your shoulder first, right? Yeah. And then you kind of tip it over, you know, and, and I've, it had numerous times where my mom has been like, can you come over? We, we, we finished the water, you know, and that's really the first sign of like, Hey, you can no longer take care of yourself you know, because you need me to do something that's important to your life. Right. Or you got to drink out of the tap. Yeah. So, I mean, straw man's great for, for everybody. And it's definitely something that <clears throat> gyms should look into. I think one important thing to kind of look into the situation is that there was a lot of maliciousness too, from some of the haters that were involved in all of this. If you look back at the YouTube channel in Albany CrossFit way back then, there were haters on almost every single video. They had these private private accounts. And there was this one guy, I won't mention the the account name, but he he downloaded that video to post to his own channel. And then he posted another video of Brett doing a, a jerk from the blocks. This is once the doubles refinished and whatnot. Uh, with kind of the same, you know, thought process that he'll get a lot of views and people will rally to his side. So he kind of just said, you know, how he's just laughing about it because it's so ridiculous. And then everyone kind of got on him about that second video because they're like, this looks like a good lift. This is a pretty good lift from the box with good technique. What, what are you trying to do here? You know, so he kind of blew up his own spot. Those are the only two videos he ever posted was the straw man video. And then the one of Brett when he's thought he was going to be doing it again, so to say. So it yeah, just shows I mean, you know, the intent. You, you can pick out a lot of people at Albany CrossFit, but Brett's form is probably not one of those people you can get away with. He always had, you know, chase virtuosity for sure. Yeah, and now now he's a nationally ranked Masters weightlifter in USA Weightlifting. So goes to all the international competitions. So he's 
he's pretty legit. And if you're going to pick apart his form, it wouldn't be in a CrossFit fail video. Let, let, let's take a quick tangent. So Brett was my first morning coach, 5.45 a.m. Uh, we talk about him later in the book, but his wife, Miwa, hated CrossFit. Um, she, she, English was her second language, and she didn't speak it perfectly, but she used to joke that she was allergic to CrossFit. And then for some reason, she started coming in, and a few years later, she makes it to the CrossFit Games. So it shows that no matter what your aversion, no matter what you're dealing with, people, you know, hating on CrossFit, telling you they don't want to do it. Once they find it, it's addictive and you can get good at it. Yeah. And you just have to kind of weather through the haters. Do you have any advice for coaches and business owners on how they can, you know, have kind of thick skin these days for haters? I know there's always the, um, you know, the Joe Rogan response, which is uh, don't read the comments at all. You know, you just avoid them, but he gets millions of comments. Well, you know, I, I listen to Joe Rogan all the time, and, and he does say that. And he also does say once in a while he gets down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, I think you really have to take I, – I would, I would say you have to take one of three stances. One is, like, you just truly have to be strong and never check the comments or even shut them off. That's hard. Two is you have to know that you're going to get comments, and if you're going to read them, really make an effort not to respond. And then three, and this goes along with the Yelp incident and, and here especially, and something I actually look at these days when I, you know, even just yesterday, I was looking at Google reviews for a restaurant. And when I see a bad review followed by the business saying something positive, like not being malicious, but like, hey, sorry, you had a bad experience. Like, that's not the norm or, you know, come back in, and we'll give you 50% off. That to me means more than the shitty review itself. Yeah, so, it shows you their true character as a business. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's so hard because, you know, my sister owned her own company and they would close once in a while and, I, and she lost her mind. She called me one time because she's like, we got a bad review because we were closed. And it's like, how's somebody going to give you a one-star review because you're closed? Like, you didn't even experience the place. And she's like, what should I do? And I was like, go back on there, write to them. You know, let them know, hey, sorry, we're closed. I forget the reason why. Explain why and, and, and see what happens. And it worked out well. So, you know, your point is you're always going to get crazy people leaving bad reviews no matter how good you are. I mean, look at, look at your favorite podcast. Look at your favorite, you know, anything, and you'll see one-star reviews. Your favorite yeah. restaurant has them. So it's how you handle them. And I think I learned from that Yelp experience to this experience. Plus, there was just less I could do out there. And, and sometimes dealing with it is, hey, I'm not interacting with these crazy people, but I'm going to put out that second video of, hey, here is the difference for those of you that were wondering. Or here is the girl you all are making fun of and letting you know, like, she's a real person. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's super easy for those people to just say things and there's no repercussions for their, their comments and they're just keyboard warriors. They would never walk into Albany CrossFit while Jess is doing that lift or Jenna and say these things to their faces. Uh, if anything, they would probably join in and be like, oh, I'm getting coached, I'm, I'm learning something right now. Oh, and I'm having fun. And you never know what's really going on behind the scenes with these people on what they're trying to, to get out of this. But did any of it affect the way you posted videos going forward? Like when you're posting videos on the Albany CrossFit YouTube channel after this, are you like, ah, 
that deadlift forms a little off. I don't think I'm going to post that one, or I'm not going to post these pull-ups. Like, did it hinder the way you were, uh, you, you posted things? Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, I want to say something. Yeah. Keyboard warriors are literally the worst types of humans out there because they're, they're typically miserable people. Like here you have, like you use two great examples. You have Jenna, Jess, I mean, Andrea, uh, Jen, Jenny was in it, Kat. It's like, they're, they're all attractive women. So it's like, first of all, we're dealing with most likely men. Like, I don't want to stereotype, but it's typically men. It's like, so A, they're like already upset because these are attractive women that they're not going to meet because they're in their parents' basement somewhere, you know? And, and then B, it's like, even if you felt that way, come in, talk, like talk about it. It's so much easier to just, just, you know, those listening, it's like, you do it as well. I do it. Like you're angry and you send out a bad text, take a yeah. deep breath. Like, and remember, that's not that much different than being a keyboard warrior. And would you say those things to that person's face? I think that's really what it comes down to. Like, not that everything needs to be a fight and violence and this and that, but like most likely whoever was typing that, if they would have walked in and saw Kevin Houston coaching, they would have kept their mouth shut. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're, they would have yeah, been more, more, more than likely, more than likely they're walking in. They're not the strongest person in the group. They're not the most knowledgeable person in the group and they're not the fittest. So they have room to grow, but for whatever reason, they're holding themselves back. And I remember there were plenty of times on incidents like this or incidents at like the, um, the bride wars events that we used to do where people would uh, maybe have, you know, stick up their butt about CrossFit at the event live or on the keyboard, and Kevin and you uh, would always invite them, hey, come in, come do a workout with us, show us how fit you really are, you know, or let's do one right now, because I'm here in person, and I can hear you mutter muttering things in the crowd, and not once, to my knowledge, was the challenge ever accepted. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the next level of this, it's like, we, we got to the point where it's like, hey, stop talking about it, be about it, you want to hate on it, here you go, now's your time. You know, it's kind of like the Gracie challenge back in the day, the, the Gracie family who brought jujitsu to the States, you know, they had this challenge and it was like any day, anytime, anywhere, someone can literally ask to fight them and they never lost one of those challenges. It's like, cool. You think your martial arts better than jujitsu? Here we go. Right. And not that we're condoning this violence or, or what we're trying to do, but it's like, Hey, you think your sport is better than ours? It's the same reason coach Glassman, had Hunter McIntyre in the games this year. Yeah. You know, put your money where your mouth is. You're the best obstacle racer in the world. Hey, that dude's super fit. I watched him uh, compete in those first two events. He's fitter than most of us listening. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a games athlete. And yeah. I think, you know, that's where it is. I think for a lot of us do it with respect, you know, coach Glassman blurs that line at times of like sarcasm and respect. But And I would it, say that Hunter, he, he seemed very humbled by it too. Very hum humbled and respectful versus maybe before that wasn't the case too much. And, and I think that's probably why he got the invite. Like he doesn't come off as a D bag, right? Where these people that we're dealing with are going to be assholes. And, and you have to be willing to put your ego aside and say, Hey, let me, you know, show me what you got. Let's talk about it. But back to your question. Yes. This absolutely impacted the videos and pictures that we started putting on the website to the point that I would yell at the coaches if they put a picture of one person working out and in the background there was bad form. Mm. 
you know, and, and not that bad form is bad. Every day there's bad form at every CrossFit box around the country. It's why we have coaches. It's why they come in here. But I don't want to shine the spotlight on it. Yeah. And it may not have even been like, all right, that person's doing the whole workout like that. Maybe just in that moment, we caught him on a bad rep. But that's all it takes. Rep. Yeah. That's all it takes. Right. It could be, you know, your last rep of a 225 deadlift in Diane, and that's all the people see. Meanwhile, they don't realize, hey, you just did that workout in four minutes. You're super fit. You know, you did your handstand push-ups unbroken. Point was, it was like, I don't want to give these guys any ammunition. And it's something that I took with me to other boxes I owned and even the boxes I coached at. I would, so it affects I would you today. That. So so is that something that a box owner and coach should do? Like, like hey, you, you know, your member just said an awesome PR, but there's someone's knees coming in in the background. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, and should we even care? Like, sh should we just be promoting, hey, look, this person's doing something and they're making progress. Where do you draw the line? You know, that's tough. I don't, I don't think it, there needs to be a line. I just think it needs to be, okay, um, you know, James is, is pulling 415 off the ground and I'm videoing it. And it's very clear from my angle that at some point you're back rounded a tiny bit, but you successfully finished the lift, put it down, you know, didn't die. You're good to go. Do I post it or not? I'd say, yeah, post it. But I would also say somewhere in the caption, hey, this is James, you know, he's been training CrossFit for seven years. You know, this is what he weighs. This is his lifetime PR. You'll notice there's a tiny bit of back flexion, but we'll accept that for his best lift. If this were, if it got any worse, we would have asked him to stop. Like you don't, you don't have to only shine the spotlight on the lift, but talk about it, you know, or, or put it out there. What would you have said to him to help him? fix that. Like obviously at a one rep max, you're probably not fixing it, but maybe next workout you're doing 135 pound deadlifts and you're rounding, Hey, great opportunity to post a video and say, what's your favorite cue to fix an athlete's, you know, loss of a neutral spine, uh, chest up, you know, show me your name tag. And then the, and then you're at least showing, Hey, we see this and we're not saying it's okay, but we're also not saying, Hey, you can never spill any tea. Like you have to, it's technique and intensity. If, and if you're only technique, you're lacking intensity. So you can use it as a way to educate all and to celebrate at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I see your posts of your athletes that, you know, you coach a lot of Olympic lifting and you're going to the Arnold, you know, in short time or when, you know, whenever people are listening to this, I'm sure people catch those lifts with their knees in and their elbows bent. You're not oh, yeah. going to, you're not going to put that video up because it's not perfect, you know, and especially in competition setting. Yeah, I put them up. Um, if someone catches a snatch and the elbow bends, I put them up. If it was a PR, it was a, it was a PR. That's the most weight you've ever snatched over your head. Would it have counted in competition? No, but if you stood up with it and you had control and it abided by many of the other rules in the sport, I'm going to count that as a training PR and something that we look to do cleaner later. Yeah, and, that, and that's how you get people moving better. So, you know, again – in a long-winded answer it's like I, I do think if you're listening to this and you're a box owner it's something you need to be aware of and that doesn't mean never post them but just be aware of you know typically I mean this day and age what are we referring to probably Instagram maybe a YouTube video so in either of those scenarios you have room to write your little thread about what's going on here and, and say that and even if it's you know James is pulling here and Max is in the background you know with his knees caving in and is backgrounded say that edit or edit the picture blur them out like just be aware of it because 
you know, your reputation is important. You don't want to become the box that's known for using crappy form. And, and it's important also because this is your window for other people to see. So somebody's looking at that for the first time and, and they're considering joining your box, they might think to themselves, wow, they don't coach. You know, little do they know, hey, I told Max 10 straight times in a row to push his knees out. Yeah, they only see the, uh, the face value of what's in the video. What, what they choose to focus on, they become, James. <laughs> Look at that. Now, uh, ex explain to me how you would have the convo because there could potentially become, you know, a, a tough situation here. Let's say, let's say James hits a, a, a max deadlift PR and you're obviously filming it. And maybe it wasn't a slight bend at the back. It was like, let's say this was a rough deadlift, like completely bent over, but I stuck with it. No one yelled to put it down. Everyone's actually screaming to keep going. This is a lifetime PR. I finally get that big 400 pound deadlift. How do you tell me if you are going to tell me that you're not going to post it or if I want it to post it, do you give it to me? That's a good question too, because I've had that happen. That exact scenario where, you know, your members are posting videos also now. It's yeah. not just about what you put out there. And, you know, if it's, I, I can't remember who it was. I, I'm trying to remember, but we, we did have a scenario where, where I really did have to ask someone not to post that video because it's like our reputation as well. You know, so you, 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 at this day, in this day and age, you can't ask people not to bring their cameras into the gym. It's not going to happen. Um, so if I'm the one filming it for you, now it's on your phone, say, yep. I would show you, I think it's a learning opportunity. James, fantastic lift. That's really awesome. Did you feel your background? Uh, you know, and they may or may not have. No. Well, let me show you. It rounded. I thought your vertebrae were going to shoot out your ass. But, you know, like, let's show you where that happened. I let you keep going because, you know, let's figure out why. It rounded, but then it stopped. It rounded, but I know how strong your posterior chain is. Um, you know, all those scenarios. Hey, if you're going to post it, please just mention, I know my form's not perfect. This is a lifetime lift. My coach was there. He would have told me to stop, you know do your best to just have that conversation with your athletes, but understand you're not going to control everybody. And just because you have that conversation doesn't mean they're actually going to listen. Yeah. Cause they're still coming off the high of like, I just did that for the first time. It's awesome. I want to show it off, you know, and it's nice that they're showing it off because they're also promoting your gym, but you do want to be in the right way. It, it, it's, it's tough. There, you know, all you can do is do your best to control what you're putting out there. But, and, and that comes down to also as a coach, you know, keeping your eyes on, like maybe it is a one rep max day. Are you telling people to stop if they're going to hurt themselves? Are you, you know, in the background, will somebody see that video and hear you screaming, James, chest up, you know? So there, there's so many different scenarios where that plays out. You know, ultimately you can't control what people are going to say to the videos or to the pictures. And that's where it comes back to, Try to comment on them, you know, if you can, in a positive way, or ignore them. Ultimately, haters kind of hate. You know, that's funny. Didn't we make a shirt? I think we did, yeah. I think I have that shirt somewhere. We, we made a haters going to hate shirt just because that was it. We got so many, you know, haters from that video, and it was we embraced it. We became the bad guys. So in, in, in response to that, with, with this being said and, and the videos and, and – you know, censoring yourself and making sure that you're 
postering things out that are going to promote your business and help you. What is a good challenge for box owners, let's say, uh, to take away from this cha this chapter and kind of go forward? I, I would say for what, you know, there's, there's a few levels on here. I'd say whether you're a box owner or someone just listening, my first challenge to you is going to be notice when you read something that spikes your emotions and how you handle it and see if you can handle it better than you would have. You know, and that's kind of not quantifiable, but every day you're going to see something and it could be directed towards you. It could be just someone's Facebook post that triggers you. Maybe it's about politics. Maybe it's about, you know, some religion. Maybe it's about nutrition and it triggers you. And, and my thought to you is, can you ignore it or can you respond in a way that doesn't cause a fight? And then secondly, as a box owner, I will tell you everything we just talked about. Like I challenge you to not only be the coach that doesn't put subpar form on the internet, but be the coach that doesn't allow it at your box. Yeah. You'll find that. And, and again, everyone cannot move perfectly. We're doing Fran. I expect some early presses in the thrusters. I expect a little bit on your toes. But it's a matter of do you see it and are you coaching it? And and maybe to some extent, you know, if you do see some some hateful responses out there on videos you're looking at, maybe think about, okay, if had I written that, which you didn't, how how could that person have have said that better? How could that person have made a comment that sparked growth instead of negativity? Yeah. And and also understand one thing, those keyboard warriors have a whole lot more time than you do. So don't get sucked into their game. Is Jay, is there any saving them? Is there any, is there any way that, that you could find the keyboard warrior and uh, like, cause, cause CrossFit's trying to help everybody. We're, we're a giant community and there's, there's room for hopefully everybody. Is there any way to convert one of those keyboard warriors and get them in? Has it been convert done them before? To convert them to CrossFit or convert them to being a good person? Um, let's say CrossFit first. <laughs> and then that might in turn make them a good person. I, I think the answer is ultimately yes to both. It's a matter of how much effort you want to put in, right? I think the problem is, mo you know, and, and hey, for a lot of these keyboard warriors, I don't know them, but to defend them, they probably don't have, like, you know, you don't get to be like that by having a happy, loving family and inner circle, right? Yeah. So, Maybe they just need that. Maybe you can be, maybe that's the bigger challenge. Can you find someone that needs that? And whether it's bring them into CrossFit or just say like, hey, when you say that, you hurt people's feelings. Like, oh, well, my feelings have been hurt my whole life. Like then it becomes a whole conversation, but at least you're talking to people. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Can you just have that conversation with people? And no different than politics. Like, can you have a conversation with them and not let emotion get in the way, but just talk about it? Yeah. And it's like that person, the, the keyboard warrior is choosing to focus on negativity and they're becoming negativity and a, a, an unhappy person. So maybe if we focus, you know, our intentions with them a little bit differently, that could possibly help them. And then we're doing good for everybody in the world. Maybe. Yeah. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to want to expend that energy on somebody like that. But, you know, I think it'll make you feel better in, in the long run. And that's kind of what I learned compounding the Yelp incident to this revival. It was 
all right, you can't get sucked into this. You can't let that, you know, and, and, you know, from a stoic philosophy, it's like, you can't, you have zero control over these crazy people, zero control. But going back to this whole message, you can control what you put out there. So focus on what you can control. I have James's deadlift on my phone. I control the narrative. James has it. He controls it. James posts it. People are commenting. None of us are controlling that. So you can only control your reaction to it. Yeah. Well, that's great, Jay. Uh, do you have any other comments or thoughts on the revival, the continental clean, anything from this period or the topic? No, to me, just thinking about the revivals, especially that first one, it just reminds me of some of the best times at the box at Albany CrossFit. You know, amazing community, people coming from out of town to spend time with us. Great workouts, but also a great party. Like it was just really exemplified everything I loved about owning a box. So I'm going to put some great videos on there and hopefully they'll be able to feel that kind of fun environment that we created those weekends. Yeah. That like that Camille Blanca video is still out there I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I mean, thousands of views. I like that Angie's in the background doing Fran and you got, you know, Camille, you know, a former CrossFit games champion and then Angie who actually her husband is the one that introduced me to CrossFit, but she's right beside her, you know, probably either moving a little bit slower or a little bit lighter, but that's, that's the beauty of CrossFit. Definitely. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for talking today. And tomorrow we'll get back at it again. Thanks again for listening to that special episode of best hour of their day. If you enjoyed, go ahead and download the book. You can check out the audio book. You can check out the paperback or even the ebook. We place the link right in the show description. So once again, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.